Thank you for your love that casts out every fear in our lives. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your generosity. We thank you for the great love you have shown to us. We thank you for angels who minister to you in the heirs of salvation. We thank you for the blood that speaks better things. We thank you for the blessings of Abraham. Ours in Christ Jesus, we thank you that we can call you our Father. And most importantly, we thank you that you call us your children. We pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus, Amen and Amen and Amen. We thank God for another 24 hours, and we thank God for the opportunity to work the works of He who called us whilst we are in the day season of our lives, because we are not ignorant of the truth that there's a night season of our lives where we, from our labors, would rest. But whilst we are having the opportunity, we are going to work. But our Father worketh up until now, so shall we. So tonight we're having a discussion with God through the pages of Scripture, and we are looking at the second episode of The Prodigal Son. And as I said last week, we have done um, a discussion on this story before, and that was titled, the parable of the loving father it was an amazing, amazing episode or series. I think it was a five or six part series. Another one, the focus was about the man who had two sons. But in this episode, we are focusing on the prodigal son. And last week, we looked at the subtitle, having everything, but yet lacking everything. And God was telling us that that's how many of us we see our lives. This guy was born in the richest family had the best life, the best education, the best of everything. But yet, because he saw himself being deprived of something outside the father's house, he took off on a wild goose chase. But he just realized that outside the father's house is a wasted life. And many of us, we do not realize that we have all things. In fact, the Holy Spirit through Paul says, ye have all things. But many of us, because of we are always looking at the other person, we are not content we are polluting and we are not thankful we are not recognizing that we are blessed that we are not recognizing that the lines are falling onto us in pleasant places we are not recognizing that all things are working together for our good but after our discussion i believe that god has ministered to us and god gave us the key to cure the prodigal son syndrome so tonight we are looking at the second episode and i think last week i said it will be a two-part series but as you can guess, it has become a three-part series. So tonight we are focusing on leaving home. So last week the subtitle was having everything but lacking everything. And tonight we are looking at leaving home. So let's quickly turn to Luke 15 verse 11. I think I said that the next time maybe we visit the scripture or this story, we'll be looking at it under the context of one goat. So we are focused on the father. We are focusing on the, the prodigal son. And hopefully in the next episode or next series, we'll focus on the elder son. The three main characters in this story. So it says, and he said, the verse 11, a certain man had two sons. And the younger said to his father, give me my portion of the goods that falleth unto me. And he divided them unto them his living. And not many days after, the young son gathered all together. I took his journey into a far country. 
and there he wasted his substance with riotous living. I think the verse 13 again. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country where he wasted his substance with riotous living, living home. Now, I'm just trying to picture the scenario of the house helps in the house. You know, one of the interesting jobs <laughs> is to be a house help in a rich man's house. It's very interesting, especially when there are other, or there are several other house helps there. Maybe a driver, a gardener, maybe three or two chefs. There's a lot of gossip and coconsa going on. Everybody's just imagine, hey, Masa has bought a new car. Madame has done this. Uh, Oga, small Oga is doing this. And everybody's just gossiping. And I'm trying to picture what the house helps or the servants in the house would have been discussing as they saw the younger son leaving. I'm definitely sure some some driver would have been telling some chef that hey, I like this young guy. He's really ambitious. As for this younger, as for this elder brother, yeah, he's he's too dependent on his father. Eh? He won't go out and make a living for himself. He's always staying at home. Everything daddy, everything daddy, everything daddy. But this young guy is ambitious. Everyone would have thought that this younger guy was moving forward, making strides in life, while the elder guy was just at home serving his father. You can just imagine the gossip that would be going on. The younger one would be looking like somebody who is daring to achieve his dream, somebody who is making the move, somebody who is taking the step of faith, taking the boldness, trying to be the independent guy, forgetting that not every movement in life is progress. And that's one thing that many of us are missing out on. And last week we looked at it, many of us, because we are looking at over our shoulders, we are seeing somebody maybe leave one job to another, is promoted, is now a manager, is, is, is now driving a car, has now traveled, and, is doing, and it feels like they are making people, are making progress in life, whilst you are just staying at the same place, serving your father. Many times you look at the fact that maybe all of you did um, law in school, then before you realize, most or half of your classmates are in Europe. They have been called to the bar of Belgium. One is called to the bar of England. One is called to the bar of America. And for you, you have just been called to the bar of Ghana. And that's all. <laughs> and it feels as though you are not making progress in life. And it's as though everybody else is being ambitious. And your mate has gone to add another certificate course. And it's good. All these things are good. This is in no way saying that you should not be improving yourself. You should not be building capacity. But the focus of the episode is to let you know that everything outside of God's will for your life is a waste. Everything outside the jurisdiction of God for your life is living life, spending it on routes, living. And that's what many of us are not conscious of. So it's not about traveling, it's not about moving, it's not about getting certificates, it's not about getting those things. It's about staying in God's will for your life. And that's when we we really narrow down on this in next week's episode. And it just reminds me of the story of the woman, oh, the dearly beloved Naomi. Now, you know this woman, Naomi, in the book of Ruth, she left her hometown because there was famine and she moved with her husband and two sons. And you can just imagine the narrative because where they were, there was famine, there was hunger. So let's say Africa, there are no a lot of opportunities. There's no, as compared to other continents, there's no standard of living is quite lower. <laughs> there's a quiet, it's lower than other countries. So obviously, when people saw Naomi moving, she has gotten a visa. She has got an opportunity. The husband is now an engineer in, in, in Apple or in BMW or in Ford. And the rest of the people were just at home. But fast forward, the woman who left with everything, a wonderful marriage, 
two sons and they married over there. You can imagine as she was in this foreign country, she'll be sending selfies home. Oh, uh, Kakra, or oh, my elder son has just married a nice lady. She's called Oprah and I've given birth to twins. Oh, then you send pictures home and there's the family at home will be jealous in her and be like, hey, Auntie B, Auntie B, son, I've given birth to, Auntie B's son is working here, Auntie B is this. Then before you realize, um, Naomi's last born also marries a woman called Ruth. They are also enjoying and they are also giving birth. Then they get promotion and they get and they'll be sending pictures home. They'll be sending dollars home, sending pounds home, sending whatever currency home. But you look at the story and you realize that the same woman who left and may be collecting so many praises, by the time she was returning back, she had to even change her name. He says, do not call me Naomi, call me Mara. Because the Lord has dealt bitterly with me. So the fact that this woman had left a country or family, living a comfortable life with her husband, I'm not saying that was not God's will for her life, but I'm talking about the fact that she left there with her husband and two sons who married. But by the time she was returning, her husband is dead, her two sons is dead. And I can imagine the narrative. This is the pure narrative of, of, of ancestral curses. <laughs> then you see some people saying, eh, there's a, a, a pattern in the family. All the males in the family uh, die or something. And uh, this thing, you know how we are so fantastic in Africa when it comes to all these altars. Ah, the word I'm looking for is altar. There's an altar in your family, an altar in your mother's background and all those interesting things. So you look at a woman like Naomi and frankly speaking, you will say there's an altar that is speaking against her. So she has to enter into the realms of some intense prayer and fasting. So this is a woman who returned home with nothing but a daughter-in-law. And her life looked like she was living a wasted life. Even though when she was leaving, people may have been envying her that, hey, she's gotten a visa, she has gotten no scholarship, she has gotten what, what, what. And she's going to this particular country. And the son has married into a rich family. The husband has given birth. The, the, the husband is working in a decent company. But by the time she's returning, she returns with nothing. So it's not just about moving. It's not just about making strides. It's not just about changing jobs, getting positions and titles and certificates. It's about staying in God's will for your life. Because it's not every movement that is a progress. And this is what you must learn to appreciate to kill that anxiety and that restlessness we find ourselves in, especially as young people. So this younger son was leaving home, and you could imagine, I'm sure as he was leaving, some of his neighborhood friends would be giving him fans and praises. That Charlie, I jealous you, you are going to the big city, you are going to make it. But then the issue here is that stay where God wants you to stay. Stay where God wants you to stay. Because sometimes in dealing with God, Progress may look like you're moving in the opposite direction. Because look at the man who God had given a dream that the sun and the moon will be bowing down to him. How can this man be in prison? Like if I was in Joseph, in his estimation, he's 50 years behind where he should have been. Because if this guy was in his father's house and maybe, you know, his father would give him a, a robe of many colors, this guy would have been looking like, yeah, the prophecy is coming to pass. And I'm sure by this time, Joseph would have been thinking and saying, okay, maybe the prophecy meant that daddy would die. And when daddy dies, I would inherit the firstborn's position. So daddy will call me in the presence of my brethren and daddy will pronounce that I am the firstborn. So Joseph would have looked like that was going to be his direction. And when he finds himself in the pit, the calculations he would do that, how can I transform 
from a prisoner in the big city in Egypt to become the star that the sun and the moon and 11 stars will be bowing down to. Look at Daniel, who seemed to have been robbed of his destiny when Nebuchadnezzar invaded his hometown. And now this guy was as a slave in Babylon. It was, looks like Daniel is thousands of years away from his destiny. And you see, many people are in a hurry to get certain things. And that's why most people have what they call midlife crisis. Because for many people, immediately they finish school, they want to get this master, get this PhD, they want to finish everything, give birth, have children by age 30 that that would like. Just to realize that by age 35, they are not fulfilled. They have the degree, they have the marriage, they have the children, they have the job, but there's an emptiness and a hollowness in their life. Because even though they were in a haste, they were in a haste in the wrong direction. So speed means little if you are running in the wrong direction. So the fact that this guy was leaving home and seemed to have been achieving his dreams and living an ambitious life and making strides, he was making strides in the wrong direction. And remember, by the time he came back, he had lost everything because he had taken his share of the inheritance. So even though he will still be under his father's covering, he has no more inheritance in the father's house. So somebody who looked like he was getting close to his dream, getting close to that big breakthrough, has rather found himself millions of miles away from that breakthrough, all because he was moving in the wrong direction. And I explained the birth of this episode or the birth of this study in last week's episode. At the fact that I was in the point, I had a disappointment and I felt like all other opportunities hinged on that opportunity that fell out of my hands. And I felt like I had been brought back to ground zero. You can imagine this boy Daniel being a slave, being a captive in Babylon, a small boy with only his three friends. And now he's being forced to learn the life of the Babylon or the wisdom of the Babylonians, eating their food, drinking their, their destiny. And in fact, their names were even changed. So you ask yourself, how is God going to fulfill his word concerning my life whilst I am a slave in Babylon? And God just told me that, look at all the opportunities and the good things that have come your way. All the good things that came my way were things that I did not work. I, I don't want you to say the word work. I, you know, let, let me put it there. I've been trying to knock on certain doors. And all the doors I was knocking on, Charlie, making all of them, nothing happened. But the one that I did not even realize, the opportunity just came back. And God just told me that, have you not realized? All your searching has brought you nothing. All you need to do is to allow me to open one door in your life. And that one door I would open your life would give you access to a room of many open doors. That's why he keeps telling us that seek ye first the kingdom of God. So whilst David's classmates were making progress, some were army commanders, some were, were big-time farmers, David was in the wilderness. And it's as though everybody else was making progress in life but David. But it just took it just took one moment for David to defeat Goliath. And now he became the army general and the armor bearer to the king. But look at how far David may have seemed from getting close to his destiny. Look at when Samuel anointed David. I'll be asking myself, how can me taking care of sheep in my father's house in the wilderness become the king of Israel? You would have thought that Jesse should have taken David to be enrolled in the army of Saul, taking him to um, King, King University, the act of becoming the king. But he was still taking care of the sheep. It was when his father sent him to give lunch to his brothers who were in the army that he had the opportunity of defeating Goliath. So David would have seen that he was far away from achieving his dreams. 
that God is letting us know tonight that it doesn't pay to run in the wrong direction and that it pays to stay with God, stay in the Father's house. Because any life outside the Father's house is a wasted life. People may be traveling, people may be getting this, and all you seem to be doing is like you seem to be at the same place. But God is saying that you are literally not at the same place. You are just not seeing the calculations I'm doing behind the scenes of your life. You are just not seeing the calculations I'm doing behind the scenes of your life. That is why it seems as though you are not making progress. So the elder guy could have been at home every day going to work, coming back, going to work, coming back, and his younger guy have left home he's living the big life but by the time the younger son comes back home he has no more inheritance his father will give him a ring his father will kiss him his father will give him a rope and a sandals and throw a party for him but that's all he's going to get all he's going to get is a party but the guy who stayed with his father gets all the inheritance so when this elder son was coming home and he heard that there was a party he called the servant what is going on because i know that he doesn't like train parties and today's not my birthday so why is there a party going on at home and the servant said your brother has come back home and the guy was so angry because he thought that his brother was coming to share the inheritance with him again so he said i will not go home so his father came and said oh elder bro this your son was dead or this your brother was dead but now he's alive he was lost and now he is found he says don't you know and the guy was like my father i have been serving you all my life and you have never given me one good for me and my friends to have a party but this your son look at the way he referred to him he said this your son not my brother also said this your collar this your child has gone to waste all he has on routers living and i asked myself how did the elder guy know that the younger guy has gone to waste all he has because the guy just came up when he threw a party so the party could have been that he has doubled his father's investments that's why they're throwing a party and that's a good reason to throw a party but for some strange reason the elder son knew that this younger guy <laughs> has gone to waste his father's property that's why he has come back home and the father made a profound statement in the verse as the luke 15 verse i think 30 or 29 so that's luke 15 verse 31 so luke 15 verse 31 but let's be from verse 30 as soon as thy son was come this is what thy son which had devoured thy living with harlots and i asked myself how did the guy know that the younger son had devoured all he had with harlots meaning that as the younger son was in the house he was already giving indications naturally this is what he's going to do when he gets that money so the guy was put on to know that the elder son was put on to know that this younger guy is going to blow the money and if he has come home it means that he has blown the man it says but thou has killed a fattened cow for him now this is god's word to you to you that you feel like staying with god is costing you progress in life staying in the father's house it means as though you are not making progress in life when everybody seems to be making moves and for you you are seen not to make any move this is god's word to you he said unto his son and god is saying unto you his son his daughter that thou art ever with me he's saying that listen you are always with me this is the key for the next sentence and all that i have is thine if you want all that the father has to be yours stay with the father stay with the father because as we will learn in next week's episode you will realize that prosperity is not in a geographical location prosperity is staying in god's will for your life so the same god who told abraham leave this country was the same god who told isaac stay in this dry land and sow your seed 
So it is not really about going or staying. It's about being in the geographical location called God's will for your life. So there are many doors you may be knocking on, many opportunities that you may be pushing for. But God is saying, have you not been with me? If your answer to that question is yes, this is God's assurance to you. All that I have is yours. All that I have is yours. So many people are like Peter. When Peter heard about the resurrection of Jesus, the Bible said, and he guarded his garment and he ran to the tomb. But when he got to the tomb, he did not enter. John, who was taking his time, came slowly. <laughs> it was John who entered. So people may be running like Peter, but when they get to the tomb, they do not have that love affair with the Father to enjoy the blessing of the resurrection. And God is saying, kill that anxiety in you. Kill that urge in you to force, to make things happen. Be careful in God's care. Because frankly, many people are having everything, but they are living an empty life. That's why many people have given themselves into strange things because it's that it's though they thought if only they had that job, they'll be okay. If only they had that money, they'll be okay. If only they had that visa, they'll be okay. If only they were in that country, they'll be okay. But they realize that getting that country, getting that job, it in itself introduces you to another battle. It's like getting married. It's one battle to get married. It's another battle to stay happily married. But God is saying, all I have is yours. If you will stay with me. I read it again in the verse 31, Luke 15, 31. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all I have is thine. Because staying with the Father is staying in the place of growth where you may not see yourself taking physical steps, but God is working in you. So David fighting the lion, David fighting the bear, David had no idea why God was introducing lions and bears to him in the wilderness. But by the time David saw Goliath, he was able to connect their dogs together and he told King Saul that taking care of my father's sheep, lions have come, the bears have come, and I snatched them out of their mouth. Because of this, the, the experience David had, with staying in God, he was bold enough to face the terror of Goliath. But all those who are running without of, without God, when they meet the Goliath in life, all they can do is just to stay across the river and wait for David to come and conquer. So people are getting there, this, people are doing like this, but they will get to a point they will have to stay because you, the one who is in God's will, is the one who opened the door for them to enter. And the Bible said, a Libra is qualified to enjoy the grip or the wine of his fine wine here. So we are not just going to open the doors for others to enjoy, but you taste of your goodness that you have opened for. God says, I will tell you that you are not left behind. God wants to tell you that you are not delayed. You are not behind. You are not slacking. That if only you are staying in your father's house, it may look as though your father, your, your younger brother is traveling. It may look as though your younger brother has been ambitious. He's making movements. He's making plans. He's making this. And it may look like you staying in the father's house. You are achieving nothing. But at the right time, Galatians 3 says, at the time appointed by the father. Says, right now you are under teachers and teachers. Your teachers and tutors may be that wilderness season, maybe that lonely season, maybe that lion in the den season, maybe that burning finance season, maybe that season of unrecognition. Your mates may be on national TV giving their opinions about public discussion, having awards, and it's as though you are just in the wilderness fighting battles nobody has any idea about. God is saying that God is the judge of all. He promotes one and demotes another. You are not behind. As long as you are staying with God, as long as you are being in God's will for your life, 
as long as you are in the Father's house, you are not behind. You are not behind. Naomi may have gone. Naomi's sons may have married beautiful women in another country. But by the time Naomi comes back, she will come back because now she has heard that there is bread in Bethlehem. In fact, that's why Naomi came. She heard that now there is bread in her land and she's coming back home. And for those of us who have failed for the, the, the enticements of life outside the father's house, who have been going on that wild goose chase, God is saying that now is the time to come back. The earlier they say, the better. Because whether you like it or not, there's a curriculum God must take you through. And in the school of God, you do not skip classes. There's no protocol. You must go through it. But he said that when you have gone through it, in just one moment, you would achieve what it has taken people decades to achieve. And recently, there was a wedding of a, of a young man of God. And maybe those of you in Ghana, he married somebody from another country. And I remember one day I was talking to, like when that when the, the wedding came up and we saw pictures and videos and one guy in my church was like, oh, this guy, I know him all. And was saying, either him or his friend was saying that they were all mates. And that, that, that my friend actually made a statement that you can imagine how this guy's life would have been when he said they all finished school and some of his mates, maybe, I'm just, let's say that he did um, um, engineering, I, I guess out of, I'm not saying he did engineering, but let's say that he did engineering. Then maybe one of them, maybe a section of his mates goes to do masters. A section of them, mine outside, a section of them are doing big projects. And what is this guy doing? He's a pastor of a very small church or a small group of people, of young people. Then by the time you realize, oh, Charlie, this guy has bought a land, though. this guy is driving this car, oh, and what is this guy doing? He's taking care of God's flock. And my friend was telling me that, look at this guy. He doesn't need to build a house. In fact, when you even look at the wedding, the cast alone, they came in and they went out of. A house and cast is just there waiting for them. I'm not saying become a pastor. I'm saying that stay in God's will for your life. Because staying in God's will for your life, your mates may have been buying land now and they are building. You will have to buy land. You will have to build. God will give you houses. In fact, God said, I will give you houses you do not build. Vineyards you do not plant. Fruits you do not sow. That is what God wants to give to you. So there's a law of reaping and sowing, but there's a higher law. And that law is what some will call the law of favor. Where you sleep in houses you do not build. In fact, you have no idea how that house was built. You will drive cars, you do not even know the price of, you don't even know where they buy the car from. You will get these things when you do what the elder son did. You have been with me all this while, and all I have is yours. So tonight's episode is brief and God wants to just reassure you. God wants to reassure you who are staying in his will, who is making the effort to find out what God's will for your life is. This word is for you that God is reassuring you. You are not left behind. You are not left behind. And God tonight wants to confirm his word to us. Some of us are having the fear of tomorrow, the fear of the unknown, the fear of repeating what you may call patterns in the family. But God is saying that tonight, I want to confirm my love for you because perfect love is the antidote to cast out every fear. And God is saying that my love for you is a perfect love. The fear of whether you get a good marriage, the fear of whether you ever make that kind of money. Some the way you look at your salary, even if you double your salary, it's not going to achieve anything in this Ghana and in this life. And the fear 
of whether you would give birth, the fear of whether you would get that, that, that certificate, the fear of whether you would ever travel, the fear of whether you ever live a certain kind of life. You see that perfect love cast out all fear. And tonight, even as you listen to this discussion, God is saying, I want to confirm my love for you. I always like the story of, of um, Prince Harry and Meghan. It was love that turned an actress into a duchess. He took Meghan to the banqueting hall and everybody was like, what is this black woman doing here? What is this unroyal blood doing here? But the banner over Meghan was love. And in Songs of Solomon 2 verse 4, God said that he took me to the banqueting hall. And when you get to the banqueting hall, your dress alone will make you know that Charlie, this is not the place you belong. Your degrees alone will let you know this is not the place you qualify for. Your family background will let you know that Charlie, you are in the wrong place. But there is a banner over your head and that banner is love. It is a love that qualified an actress to become a duchess. And it is love that is going to qualify you who seems not to be making progress in life to be the heir of all the father has. So wants to just spend some time tonight and God wants to minister to us. He wants to minister his love to you. And he said, I know you were disappointed that you did not get that job. That job you thought the salary would change your life. You did not get it. That opportunity, you did not get it. You thought that guy was going to be Mr. Right. He is not the one. And it looks as though you are in ground zero. You see, there are some disappointments in life that can literally bring you to ground zero. You just thought you were making progress in life. I think a friend was telling me sometime that when he's, he says that he spent almost all his savings on his mother's medical bills, surgery after surgery, medicine after medicine, and the mother died. And it was like all these years he has been working to save this amount of money. And he has just poured all this money on his mother's health. And yet still the mother died. And he feels like he's going to need another five years of working to be able to save that money. When is he going to get married? When is he going to have enough to, to raise a family and descend the family? He feels like everything has just been scattered in his life. And he's now in ground zero. But God is saying that as long as you are staying with me, I will give you houses you did not build, vineyards you did not plant, fruits you did not sow, lands you did not buy. Because I am a generous father. And even as we are quiet before the presence of God, He wants to confirm His love towards you. He wants to confirm His love that casts out the fear of the unknown, the fear of tomorrow, the fear of that marriage, the fear of childlessness, the fear of poverty, the fear of stagnation, the fear of disappointment. Whatever fear it is, God wants to confirm His love to you. The Bible says that God remembered Noah. God remembered Noah. And God is saying that I have not forgotten you. I know that everybody is changing jobs and their salaries are doubling and tripling. I have not forgotten you. I know the flats are pouring down. For days and years, the flats were flowing. And I was like, and the ark went to rest on Mount Ararat. And God remembered Noah. In that wilderness, God is saying that I will remember you. In that prison, God is saying, I will remember you. In the furnace that has been heated seven times, God is saying, I will remember you. Cast out every fear. Be assured of God's love and God's generosity towards you. And stay God. Father, we thank you for your reminder. We thank you for your assurance. We thank you for your comfort. 
and we thank you for your word. We kill every edge, every anxiety, every haste, every unsettlingness, every every double-mindedness in our hearts. Lord, we settle for your perfect peace because we know that if while we were yet sinners, you demonstrated your love towards us, how much more now that we have been accepted in Christ Jesus. We thank you that bright skies will soon be on us. Green pastures are ahead of us. And our end is your glory. Thank you for your word tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Wow, we thank you so much for joining us for another episode, for another discussion with God through the pages of Scripture. And God, in the next week, we'll look at the last episode of the study on the prodigal son. So the first episode was having everything, yet lacking everything. And tonight, we look at leaving home next week. God is asking you a question, where are you? Remember that we are still giving God our very best. The Bible says, give God be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual faith serving the Lord. And owe you no man nothing but love. See you next week. And bye-bye.